and welcome back to the Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with uh, a guest co-host, uh, returning friend of the podcast, Josh Zell Tweets. What up? Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, what's up? I mean, uh, the pre-show, which is available exclusively to our patrons, uh, One Piece, Final Fantasy fourteen, just good, good conversations about long form content. And everyone should check that out at patreon.com slash the MMcast. Uh, but uh, we're today we're talking about about competitive magic, about how Wizards is kind of promoting that versus casual magic uh, a little bit beyond that. So a lot of fun stuff. And uh, uh, glad to have you. At, welcome back. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, where where can people find you on the internet? Who, whom star are you, etc.? Oh, yeah. So I guess a quick little blurb about me. Um, my name is Josh Kim, otherwise known as Zell. In the Magic Universe, uh, you've seen me on Tabletop Jocks recently. Uh, I was uh, part of the early episodes with Command Zone and stuff. Uh, so I've been around the Magic Sphere. Um, more Other than that, people have also seen me on Riot's uh, talk show that they used to have called All Chat, which is actually where I met Jimmy. Um, and then I have also been part of projects like Offline TV. So um, people can find me. Uh, I stream uh, pretty frequently on twitch.tv slash Zell. Uh, I'm Zell Tweets on Twitter. Uh, I have a link tree. Maybe if there's like a way I can post my link link tree thing, there will be a link that. tree in the description below. <laughs> the thing is, Zell is like taken in a lot of places. I don't know why. Uh, but so I'm like Zell tweets on Twitter, Zell grams on <laughs> Instagram. Oh, okay. You know, so and Zell with an X, which I have, I have like, I've never been like, oh, I gotta tweet at Josh Z E L L, and then just like no one comes up. I'm like, did he change his? Oh, it's an X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Cause, uh, I think what started it all was that <laughs> there was this really innocuous article that Reed Duke famed, uh, you know, competitive magic player put out like his own sort of like guide into what he thinks about EDH and what he considers like good cards, bad cards, whatever. But it started, it started this whole long like thing on, in, in the internet, and about like, oh, this command, uh, this competitive players uh, talking commander, like what the heck's going on here? And I, I think that like sparked a lot of emotions, I think, for yeah. the magic community. Yeah, it, like that one specifically was like fascinating. So 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 Reed Duke writes that article. Uh, then um, someone on the CAG uh, pointed out uh, that specifically that like the level of 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 complicated and well thought out and researched that this article was if a female content creator or a person of color content creator or someone that wasn't you know like a white dude posted that same article somewhere else it wouldn't have flown and it would have been torn to shreds or people now like contextually sure outside of the fact that reed duke has a standing article with channel fireball that he gets to write every week and kind of due to the fact that he is a hall of fame pro player of very well renowned probably could just write whatever he wants. He could probably write like what magic card he thinks would taste best in a sandwich. <laughs> <for an article. laughs> I mean, I'd read that. <laughs> get away with it. Like, read Duke, if you write that, uh, I want <laughs> 5% of the cut. <laughs> um, and, but this isn't the first time this has happened, right? Like there's been like four or five times that like magic pro player who is now getting into commander because it is the most played format uses their platform to talk about that and stumbles into the space 
A, because like, you know, they're they're even though they are magic pro and they may have the confidence in the magic space that being a pro would give you commander card evaluation works totally differently. Ben's first commander game, he was like, I'm definitely playing uh, Vault Scourge and Mem Knights in this artifact deck. And I was like, those are going to do nothing. (laughs) 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 And, you know, and and then like there's also like there's a gatekeeping aspect of it, at least from my perspective of like, oh, you haven't been around, so you don't know all the things But because you're a magic pro. You should know all these things. So we're going to be mad at you about it, where it's like. I think Tom Martell tweeted. I mean, part of this is also like Olivia and Kibler are like. Olivia's gotten Kibler very much into commander and they're hosting regular commander nights, which then all of Kibler's friends are playing. And a lot of them are ex pro magic players now. Yeah. commander players. Um, but like, you know, Tom Martell being like, why isn't winter or banned in commander? And and that starts discourse. <laughs> and you know everyone puts their two cents in and then there's the whole like ah pros don't know what the point of the like rule zero is and and like it this is the thing that has now happened like five or so times over the last two years as the pro scene of magic players are enjoying magic in one of the few ways that 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 is easily accessible or was for the last two years um yeah and i guess the last piece of context and i'm gonna well, you go, you go. Yeah. What do you, you, you next? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think like it's it the gatekeeping aspect is two sided, right? Like I, I see I see it as like I've seen some comments uh, on like Reed Duke, for example, like it's almost like sell Audi for him to start making commander content because people consider that not his like people somehow create this divide, like as if pro players can't also enjoy commander and as if like commander players can't enjoy pro play, like competitive play. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like for me specifically, when I, when I see this stuff, like there is this weird gatekeepy aspect to it on both sides where commander players really dislike having their space encroached upon by uh, things that are competitive. And then competitive players also uh, seeing their space getting encroached on by commander players. There's this like thing. And uh, this is uh, like, there's a lot to talk about there. Cause like, I think the, concept of competitive versus casual is very not a just a magic only thing like you'll see it everywhere i mean like one of the other spaces that i'm uh that i follow pretty deeply is like smash brothers that's a that's like a lot of their argument too about like what is the distinction between casual and competitive what is considered fun uh versus competitive or whatever and it, it's it's just funny because like all these things have in my opinion the same sort of symptoms and like i think players also like if you were to ask randoms on the internet about this stuff i think like when you ask them the divide between casual and competitive i don't think there's like actually a clear answer and it's it's funny how these divides kind of pop up in all these different spheres and um and but the i think the weirdest thing that happens with it is that i think sometimes when i read these comments like casual players have a like uh, like a perceived person that is a pro player or like a like a competitive magic player that they like assign values to and sim- like vice versa like competitive magic players view commander players as this like thing you know and they they define those things and I personally when I see what people kind of like define and assign these values to like I, I just see it as like th- they're both wrong <laughs> right, like, right, right. Well, they're picking the worst possible example 
so partially because those are the loudest examples, right? Like most yeah. pro actual Hall of Fame pro players I've talked to are like, oh yeah, I played Commander, it's fun, whatever. <laughs> like I'm I'm glad like I I only play magic to cause myself pain to win this tournament, and then otherwise I play poker. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then but like the 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 bad experience that casual players are having that they're kind of applying that personality is that like old school ptq grinder attitude where it was like oh that card's bad and you're bad for playing it why would you play that <laughs> kind of attitude that you would run into it at lgs and then yeah. and it's always like or the guy who's like trying a little too hard and you're like okay well like this is commander monday <laughs> I <wanna play laughs> this dragon deck um and on the reverse side you have like pro players you know picturing the commander game they fall into where the guy gets mad at them for interacting with their spell that was going to win the game and like storms off because they like dared to like play a force of will or something in a commander game and (laughs) and it's like these are the these are the problem yes both sides of the community have your toxic grinders and your toxic casual player who gets mad and salty for you know in a social game but I would like, and it's like, I would argue most command, like most modern players have played some commander. Most commander players have played some version of modern or standard. Like I don't, yeah. the divide of like, I am exclusively this thing is always so surprising to me. Yeah. And, and like, I, I thought about it and I, I like wrote some notes on it. Cause like, I, I kind of just went through as a thought experiment. Cause I think like what a lot of casual players would kind of herald about commander and just casual play in general is like the idea is to have fun. You know, and that's like their sort of banner of like, this is my what I want to do in commander. And then in competitive, like I see it as like a lot of people want to define it as like you play competitive to win. And I think what's funny about it is like when you think about those two things, it's like those are actually pretty poorly defined things, right? Like to have fun, to have fun means so many different things. And even in like the idea of like wanting to win there's so many different ways to win. Right. And like, it's, it's not always the same thing. And I think like, yeah, I I don't, I don't know. I just think that this divide that people have like created is just thinking about the stuff completely wrong. And I think like all they're doing is, I I, I don't know. I I just think it's really toxic in the community. I think uh, to kind of like keep trying to assign these values. And I think like in the end, like what I came to with, you know, thinking about like the divide between casual and competitive is literally just like mindset. Like there's really no difference. Like people want to be like, oh, I want to play with jank cards in my commander deck. Well, like there are competitive players who play jank decks in modern and and whatever, and they find that fun, right? Like like a lot of the same things that people kind of like herald about whatever format they are, the opposite side also does it the same way too. So like I kind of wish that this this divide wouldn't really exist. So, and you know, like, me personally, yeah, and I know for you too. Like we both enjoy commander and competitive magic. That's that's totally fine. And like, turns out lots of people do. Um, I think like what's interesting though is that why they come into competition. I think I think sometimes comes from Watsi itself. And I think there are things that Watsi could do to make these things less of an issue. And I think like one of the big things is product and how wizards market these things. And I think those are some of the spaces in which like they kind of put those two like different thinkers, I guess, of like casual side and competitive side uh, as like opposing forces. So like, for example, I think most recently people had a lot of problems with double masters and the Baldur's Gate commander set. 
And mm-hmm. I think like uh, a lot of the things that people are complaining about with Double Masters is that it felt more like a Commander Master set where like a lot of the reprinted cards are like, you know, Dockside Extortionist and uh, Smothering Tithe, which are not really competitive cards, which like Masters sets tend to kind of cater toward their reprints towards, at least historically, was like, you know, re- reprinting needed expensive, um, you know, staples and, and those things. And instead, they reprinted the stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that's exclusively it, but I mm-hmm. think Double Masters felt more towards that than uh, in like previous sets. I don't know. Maybe I do think Double Masters is hard, partially just because, like, the purpose of Double Masters, and it like is kind of like one of the weird things about this year. I guess the purpose of Double Masters is these are the most expensive cards that need reprint. We don't care yeah. about format. Here's a list of our top. 300 cards (laughs) and we're going to put x percent of those into this set at this rate that frank karsten figured the math out for us on value we can't talk about that but we were we did it (laughs) yeah and so it's like dockside within this window of reprint so like dockside's in there but also renin six was in there and like the eldrazi were in there but the eldrazi they put in there were like all over the place and like like emerald's not you know legal in commander it's 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 exclusively only played in legacy and modern so or maybe vintage. I couldn't tell you if Lemurals vintage. <laughs> I mean, so um, I think in a, I think in a vacuum, Double Masters, like you, you can say that, but I think because it came after Baldur's Gate, that's where I think a lot of the scrutiny is, which is like a specific commander thing. And so when you see Dockside Extortionist in like a thing that could have been in Baldur's Gate, I think so. This I guess my example here is about that, like when people look at new sets that come out people kind of automatically assign these sort of like, oh, this card is for commander. This card is for competitive. Like you can, and, and I feel like a lot of this divide happens when they feel like they're competing for spaces within sets. And sure. I think that's where, I think that's where some of this divide can come from where like people think like, oh, this set isn't designed for me because I'm primarily a commander or a commander player. So like I have less interest in the set because it feels like, it's more geared towards a uh, competitive play. I mean, that that's a big complaint for Baldur's Gate, not, not even double masters because Baldur's Gate, this one, this is like, this broke my brain. <laughs> and we <laughs> talked about it a few weeks ago, but the amount of people that are mad that Baldur's Gate is a draftable format <laughs> <laughs> is like uh, what ahead of time would have been unfathomable because like a hey, draft is fun. And like, to the point like that we're making, you could be a drafter that does casual. You could a drafter that does professional. Like it's not, there's no lines in the sand drawn here and, or there doesn't have to be, but like, because it didn't have good reprints for commander, people are like, why is it called commander legends? And I'm like, because it's a commander legends draft format. Like they're like when, when the wizards say this is commander legends X, it means that, You'll, and like, there's an argument that this version of drafting commander maybe is unfun to some people, which is fine, I guess. But like, it's four. You you have pod of eight. You spend the two pods of four. The winners of those pods play each other. The losers of those pods play the other pod. It, you have a commander. You have to fit in the colors of your commander identity. It's drafting a commander deck in the same way that double masters is drafting a two headed giant. Not double masters. Uh uh uh. uh. Battle Bond is drafting uh, a two-headed giant deck, and yeah. that's how that draft format works. The same way Conspiracy is a weird draft matters set, and like, which is like, I guess a lesson in branding is like, don't label it a commander le- like Legends is a, like us like Legends was a bad name for it. It should have been like Commander Draft, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think what's problematic is just like 
it comes after Commander Legends one, right? Which had a lot of that. So I think, I think a lot of this stuff, you know, when we look at it uh, before, and even kind of when I was talking about Double Masters, is like players kind of assign these sets as like this thing that they want it to be, right? So like they they see Baldur's Gate Commander Legends and they go, that should have Commander product in it because it says Commander in it. Uh, right. Double Masters has got Masters in it, so it should, you know, like I, I, I think like players tend to like do that, even though Wizards themselves aren't intending, I don't think, to do yeah, that like, at all. Plan is for Masters to just mean every single card in here is a reprint set. Legends or Commander Legends means that this is a four-player draft, like a, a pod-based four-player game draft experience. Horizons is a modern-focused. And then, like, part of the problem is, like, all the universes beyond stuff being laid onto this. Because it's Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> themed, they couldn't really print any magic cards into the set, which is also weird. And the fact that Modern Horizons 3 is going to be a Lord of the Rings set, which means it's going to have no reprints in it. And people are going to be mad that it's all new cards. And it's going to, like, Gandalf <laughs> is going to be $1,000 because it's only available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to imagine this future, how pissed... <laughs> players would be if the next ragavan was gandalf <laughs> oh I, I mean well so the one thing that like and it's like it's the double-edged sword which we saw with Baldur's gate is i actually think i think the Dun the lord of the Rings set is going to be underpowered i mean there might be some good modern playable cards because i think that's like the point but i think like one of the reasons both of the dungeon dragon sets have felt underpowered is because wizards believes that the licensed part of it sells packs Mm -hmm. Right. Like like there is a math problem of like if we put powerful cards in a set, we will sell more packs. And so we want to save some of that power level because we don't want to ruin our game. But we do know that like, oh, an $80 modern staple mythic is going to make it so more packs of this most recent set are going to be bought, which is why like they put Fetchlands in Zendikar because they didn't believe in the land theme of Zendikar being viable. So they're like, right. OK, what's like. A guarantee slam dunk five rare cycle that will make it so these packs sell regardless of how unpopular adventure land theme is, and then <laughs> Zendikar ends up being the most popular world they've released since Ravnica. But that's Arkwalzerada <laughs> <laughs> can brag about that all day long. Uh, <laughs> um, but with the Dungeons and Dragons sets, they can kind of be like, oh, we don't have to do that because this is going to apply to an audience that normally wouldn't buy packs. We're going to get all the Dungeons and Dragons magic adjacent people to buy packs this could be less powerful the lord of the Rings set is going to get a ton of pr and blitz they don't need it to have a ragavan in it it could just have a you know a normal standard sets power level of of modern influence and do really well because people are going to want there's a bunch of people that love lord of the rings that are just going to buy a ton of this product yeah i mean i don't want to derail too hard but i no. i also am curious why like they don't you know, in um, they don't use that thing they did with like a lot of the Godzilla cards, which is like have it have the name of the the card that it actually is, but oh, then oh. put the you know IP thing over it. I'm curious why they don't like do that more, <laughs> you know, and sure. why they wouldn't do that for Modern Horizons three. I like I, this pissed not pissed off the internet. It, I, people, a lot of people agreed with me, I, but a lot of people like thought I was an insane person. But like a hot take I had was that like I hate the Innistrad variants of the Stranger Things cards. Oh, yeah. Because like, and it's like a nitpicky hate, right? Like it's it's the reason I hate raisins and 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 bean sprouts. It's not because they like, <laughs> there are way let worse tasting things than raisins, but those things don't sneak into chocolate chip cookies from across the room and trick me <laughs> into believing <laughs> that I'm getting a good cookie. Um, 
And like when I try and search for 11 or will like the system will like not find it. And I have to like, remember whatever their magic name is because the way that Scryfall has populated it is them forward facing or whatever. And like just that small inconvenience makes me hate them a lot more than I would hate a normal thing. (laughs) I don't like (laughs) Um, TBH. These last few years have been terrible for all the poor guys in the back of card room shops who have to organize cards. (laughs) It's been so bad. I like, I have like, some leftover modern horizons 2 collector boosters from like doing a stream opening of them and i opened a few yesterday and like i opened up a fo- etched foil the merfolk god which is like mm-hmm. worth six dollars or whatever but uh i like looked up the merfolk god on on tcg player and there was like 17 different versions of it that could have popped up in the feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean um, like and no no site has figured this out by the way like uh when i was opening i was opening collector boosters of kamigawa because i was super hyped on the set oh yeah and i was like okay i, p- I picked up this card what is it worth i go to tcg i'm like okay there's like eight cards here i don't okay i'm gonna go to mtg goldfish uh, yeah. is this I full art is this yeah. altered art full art is this altered <laughs> art etched foil is this altered art foil etched foil full border <laughs> but with the planeswalker logo on it from the collector pack <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know i don't know what cards are anyway i mean that's again derailed a little bit but <laughs> it is yeah, I, that is that is actually a good counterpoint, though, to why maybe they shouldn't uh, continue down that path of uh, well, just putting I mean, IP over everything. But like segue back into the conversation. I think this is one of the complaints on the pro side that like that side has had. And even commander players is like all of these weird altered versions of cards is definitely an appeal to a more casual audience. But like before, if I was a drafter and I won drafts at an FNM, I could slowly build up a nice, cool collection of draft boosters to do chaos draft with or whatever. Now I get set boosters, which are I enjoy as a person who just wants to open up a pack, but terrible, excuse me, terrible for holding on to because yeah. it's just like you can't draft with it. What's the point of this pack? <laughs> um, and so like. I, 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 I like. And, and what kind of started this conversation when you this is the tweet you responded to, right, was like me basically being like every single time a pro mentions that they're doing anything in commander, the casual side of commander gets mad at them. And yeah. th- someone should look at that, not from a perspective of like, ah, oh, commander players are jerks. It's. Wizards should be looking into the fact that why do these two large segments of our player base dislike each other for whatever yeah, why do they feel so threatened by each other for sure i mean i think that's like a i mean i was kind of uh like to go back to talking about these sets and like players assigning kind of like this this set is a commander set this set is a, a competitive focus set or whatever i mean i think that in itself is a problem right like players shouldn't be looking at sets and being like that is a competitive set that is a this is a set for commander like it i think part of the problem i think is that we both of those sides, I think, need an easier path to bridge that gap towards each other, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think, like, you know, what what's nice is I think nowadays I think Commander is really accessible and it is like very easy to for players to get into. But I I don't think the same is vice versa. And I think for this is just my impression, but I think competitive Magic players are much less threatened by EDH players than vice versa. And I think that is literally just because uh, competitive play like competitive magic is much more difficult to get into and to stay into than it is to play a commander 
I do think like there there is definitely a sentiment though that wizards designing for commander has ruined competitive magic. I disagree with that statement, but <laughs> that statement has followed multiple videos, postings on the internet and interaction with the community that we've I've had as a sentiment that people do feel and it's consistent, right? It's not yeah. it's not and and to be honest, there are commander players that have a similar opinion that Wizards designing for Commander has ruined Commander. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, well, that, that's that's the thing that I've always joked about. And um, there's there's a tweet I tweeted a long time. Do you have you ever seen that meme where it's like the Grim Reaper going from door to door killing things, and it's like things on the door that it's killed? Do you, have you seen that meme? Yes, that, that sounds familiar. Uh, and um, I, uh, the image that I posted was like, just like Wizards going through each format and uh, and killing all the formats. And like, yeah. I just like historically like wizards has not really done a great job in maintaining all their formats. Like overall, if you look at it from like a really broad spectrum of like 20 years, you know, you look at it like, you know, modern is great now, but like there have been periods where modern is like borderline unplayable. I mean, this is just my opinion, you know? And like, I think like formats come and go formats uh, change just naturally sometimes too. And like, I think, I I think it's kind of, I would I would have to argue and see what their viewpoint is on like why Commander is being ruined by uh by Commander products, why com- competitive magic is being ruined by Commander product. I I don't really see it that well, way. Yeah, but. I mean, I think some of it is and like I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the word boomerism, <laughs> 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 right? It's it's uh this is different than how it was back in my day, which I am viewing through the rose colored glasses of looking back into yesterday and. Those were great times, unlike now, which is bad times, even though like it like everything always sucked and everything was always good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least especially for me. like excluding like covid was very bad. And right now it's like one of the low points of like pro play. Right. But the, the there there is like an argument that like, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, back in the day it was better. It's like, well, back in the day, there was one blue, white, red commander total. <laughs> If you want to play Death Guy, <laughs> I hope you enjoy blowing up lands or Zedru and giving other people stuff or Ruhan, where you just attack with a 7-7 at random. Those are your yeah. three options. <laughs> <laughs> um, and other colors didn't fare much better. So it's, it's I don't know, like... It's definitely... I think a, a look back at like, this was a better time. And like the, you, you always forget kind of the pains of those eras. Yeah. Um, I also think like, well, and this is like, this is kind of like on the other side where like, you know, there's definitely a sentiment and this has gotten better. And, and, but this is, I think earlier versions of the sentiment, which is, you know, there was a real idea that people were like, no, the reason CDH is happening is because pro players are no longer going to tournaments. Like this is a post, that leaders in the community have made over the last three years. And it's, it's been hereafter shown to be very unlikely true. Uh, But like, that was like a leadership sentiment that was happening, which was like, Hey, the fact that you've canceled all the pro tour and the fact that you've canceled PTQ turn magic, which is like only happened because COVID happened. The fact that you canceled all of this, all these pro players are now coming into our format and ruining it. That's why CDH is popular. And I'm like, I don't, Every major CDH player content creator is like a casual from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like. I think it's so weird that players. I, I don't. I don't. Know, I. I guess like. I'm. Tr- I want to learn. Like. How, like. I'd have to think about this more. And like. Uh. Maybe. Maybe we can get there today. But like. 
I just want to understand why people like view competitiveness as like this kind of like disease that enters in and like that CDH is this thing that threatens the balance of casual EDH even. And like, I just, I'm so curious why people feel so threatened and like, I, and I just, I I guess like overall, as I've been consuming more like CDH content too, like I find it kind of interesting because I, the more I look into CDH and like it's competitive viability as like a tournament format, like I would imagine a lot of people don't even think that CDH is a tournament format. And that like, you know, like uh, I've seen some discussions around some of the, you know, recently there's been some um, hype around these big CDH tournaments, like the one um, event and the one Cassius is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, collusion and stuff like that, that is like an unsolvable issue as far as I'm aware with like, how tournaments can work and like i think tournaments are fun but like i is cdh a good tournament format like i it seems like from my perspective like it's kind of hard for it to be so then like what is the distinction then and i think this is another thing that cdh twitter has been talking about is like the distinction between tournament edh and competitive edh and now casual edh right 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 and and again, like I think when the way I think about these things is just casual to competitive is this like really, really broad spectrum. And I I almost wish this is like, you know, this is impossible, but I almost wish like they didn't exist. Like the term casual EDH, the term competitive EDH, it's just all just EDH and we play magic and we individually choose to believe in the way that we want to play it. But like I think that it gets really, really awkward and weird and this is where like i have problems with rule zero a little bit of this idea Which we'll get to that, that that it'll be the second half of the we don't want to jump right in but i do i do want to touch upon i, I will say because there's a whole ad that i have to do before we talk about oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh before we get to that ad uh the the ad before the ad uh the um I will say that I appreciate I appreciate the concept of CDH uh, in this conversation because I do think, and we'll talk about Rule Zero in a second. The like they did a very good job of like codifying the plan, and I think yeah, I, like and and in conversations with Sheldon and 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 Shivam and and other parts of like the commander leadership groups, I've always been kind of this proponent of them from the perspective of CDH solves one of their problems, which is. That at a local game store, players would come there and Heidi Ho Comics would just like, okay, here's my 30 commander players go off into random pods we randomly assigned and fight each other. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless of like, oh, that's kid over there has like net decked the a, a cdh deck versus that kid over there who is coming here with a pre-con and i'm <laughs> not going to mitigate those two people and i'm going to put them with in a pod together and they get whatever weird prize money we give away every monday and um for participating and like now there's a conversation on like oh no i'm hey heidi ho make it make two pods of cdh decks there's eight of us and then do the rest of them our other, 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 every other version of commander. Uh, yeah. On the other hand of that spectrum, I think there's like a lot of pen to paper on. All right. Now I'm jumping into the rule zero conversation. Let's, let's, let's finish the pro <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess the last point is like, I don't think commander, I think commander being popular is good for competitive magic. As long as wizards brings back competitive magic, I think, and to your point, yeah. almost a great example of, the problem here is the command fest model 
of yeah. like COVID is done. <laughs> big, yeah, big, big, big quotations big over quotations that. There, uh, <laughs> we're, but we're bringing tournament magic back, and we're going to announce or we're bringing in person magic back. Here are fifteen of the first in person events that we're doing worldwide. Slam dunk. We're bringing them back, except yeah. they're exclusively commander. And if you try running anything over the, an eight man pod of any other format, it is not allowed at these events. Get out of here. This is commander only. And we have no announcements in the future for any other type of event. OK, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> I thought we weren't trying to make commander and pro players hate each other. And then, <laughs> and then and then six months later. All right. Magic 30. This is the kickoff event of the entire 30 year history of Magic the Gathering and bringing everyone together. And we're only going to announce these seven celebrities. And uh, if you want to play commander, it's going to cost you five hundred dollars versus the one hundred and sixty dollar buy in for the event. <laughs> Thank you, wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll be going. <laughs> oh, um, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're literally it's like pit fighting people together, right? Like, yeah, it's like it almost feels designed to make people mad at each other. Like, I don't, I don't uh, understand why Command Fest can't just have like a modern tournament attached. <laughs> Or vice know, versa, like, like you talking know? to Star City Games, they're like, "Oh yeah, we would love to have that. We we, we like we're going to run one." And they're like, "No, you're not allowed." <laughs> they're like, "What? <laughs> Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah." I I just uh, this stuff is baffling, right? And like, I think Wizards can do so much of a better job at trying to not, you know, uh, isolate these two different you know players who want to play Commander and who want to play Competitive Man. There's just no reason to, right? Like it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, At least I, get, I don't know a reason. Yeah, I, I understand. Like pre-COVID, I understood the need of a command fest. Yeah, like I, I, I got that. Like there was twenty years of baggage in regards to GPs and Magic Fests, in regards to players of a certain casual perspective not willing to go to them because they thought this isn't meant for them. And so creating an event in that world makes sense. Post COVID when no one knows what a magic fest is, <laughs> you have a three year <laughs> reset. I don't know why you just don't launch like magic convention, magic con, which right, I think yeah. ex- exists as a name. So find it. Don't, don't this time. Once again, don't pick a, a magic themed convention name that has already been copyrighted by wizards of the like card trick variety. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, uh, imagine running an anime con and then you, you know if you're if you're part of the one piece part of the convention uh you know that that's the only people we're letting in you know you, you guys are the only ones that we care about but we're calling it an anime con but one piece this is only one piece stuff but we're calling it an anime like well, it, it, it would just it, it, it's almost like you running like you've been running anime cons for for the last 30 years and because it's in the United States, they've basically amounted to these are shonen cons. You know, you're only doing Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, like boy focused yeah. action adventure shows are the only things these have focused on. And now you're like, oh, wait, people like anime of all varieties. So now we're going to do a shoju con, which is a totally different demographic. But there's not going to be any Naruto there. <laughs> in fact, we're banning it. <laughs> if you open yeah. a Naruto cosplay, we are kicking you out. <laughs> <laughs> take your little kunai's elsewhere kid <laughs> it's like, yeah i just yeah. just put them <laughs> together 
(laughs) it's fine we can we can all play both you know it's like and yeah i I, I, yeah again i think wizards can do a better job of this and i think a lot of uh, some of the stuff i think too um I, th- I just think more people should be vocal about <laughs> enjoying both things, right? Maybe part of it is just like Reduke uh, presents himself as only Reduke the pro player, but not just Reduke the guy who just likes playing Magic and sometimes plays Commander every once in a while. Like I love that Brian Kibler these days. You know, he does tweet about other things. Obviously, he's you know played Hearthstone or whatever, but like maybe like uh, some of the people who play commander, uh, you know, maybe they show up to pro events. Like, I think one of the things that I really enjoy about Krim is like, he kind of has that both sides of him. Like he's on goldfish. He, uh, plays magic, uh, EDH there, but he's also somebody who has pro legit pro points and stuff. And so like, I think more people who are like, I guess vocal about both, you know, like, I think that that's like overall good. Like, I don't like that. Uh, you know, we kind of like push also the visible figures of the of the community into one bucket or the other, you know, and like, right. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we, we even run it as a podcast where like we'll like I'll be in like circles with like commander content creators. We're like, oh, yeah, you what you know about what's your modern take or like we when we went to to do the videos with prof, I was like, oh, I want to do like this. Like, I want to do magic content. He's like, oh, no, we, we're talking about modern because you guys are the modern podcast. I'm like, wait, I've been like. <laughs> <laughs> I do more than just that. <laughs> yeah. Let's get out of my bucket. I know that the internet niches you, but we don't have to do that here. Um, and like, but I, I think part of it is also there's an attitude, right? That I think yes. that everyone could be better at, which is just like, be accepting of other people playing magic in ways that maybe you don't play and don't hate on it. And that way, the, we're like, like begging to bring in the rule zero conversation. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, we'll I, get there. Well, like <laughs> it, it's it's the whole like you know don't the reason magic the reason the casual side of magic has these like negative to pro feeling vibes is because they felt like for years the pro player was like oh commanders like for 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 casual timmies who don't actually they don't play real magic that's not real magic this is you know like that's the vibe that they received at some point and now they're like inverting that being like oh you don't know what you're talking about competitive magic player you're an idiot <laughs> beast within yeah. a Brayton commander and it's like okay oh that's that's not how i would have gone about doing this <laughs> that's not how you grow your community <laughs> yeah i i think i think just overall like there's this lack of acceptance and i i get it like you know when um i guess like thinking about it from that perspective it's like casual players who uh they don't want a cdh player to walk into their EDH pod because that's just not fun, right? Like that's the power of mismatch. And I think that's like the thing is like competitive. That's why casual players are threatened by it is because that if then tournament players become the norm, I guess, in the, in their eyes, then like the way they play magic becomes like invalidated, I guess. And I think that there's that feeling of invalidation that like tournament magic kind of presents, I think to them. And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think like this is where, yeah, I, I just fully agree with what you said about just like, I think people need to be open to understanding other types of ways to play magic. There is not, especially in the context of EDH, the only way to play EDH is defined by the rules. You don't play the band cards. You play a hundred, hundred cards singleton. After that, that it, you are playing EDH. Then there's no right or wrong way to do it. Actually, like that's, <laughs> 
I think I think you're like your your starting thesis too of like this starts at Wizards to some yep. extent and, and maybe to a, a trickle down level the CAG and RC but like and then on the inverse the Star City games and Channel Fireball or uh, of the world of like the messaging and the leadership needs to kind of like incentivize correctly and it starts with tournament events and then it extends into product releases and it extends into what people are encouraged to do and like it's just it's always wild to me when people in magic community are like like anti any hobby that's not magic because <laughs> i'm like yeah. What <laughs> you're, the, <laughs> you're in the alter like this is an alternative hobby. <laughs> I get like football bro, and like I hate it, but I get a football bro being gatekeepy about other. I'm like, oh, if you don't like football, there's nothing else to pay attention to. I'm like, okay, that's insane. But also, like, culture has trained you terribly for 300 years to be that yeah. way. Magic, like, you found the alternative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why you would be weird about someone finding a new way to try something different. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the rules of our conversation, we have two things we need to do. First one is hit that like and subscribe button. And if you don't just want to, like, hit that like and subscribe button, I'm going to make a bet with you and Josh. And you're just going to have to deal with that because the bets already happened. We've made it. So the way this works is I'm going to ask Josh and you all a trivia question. That trivia question uh, was provided by our Patreon, patreon.com slash the cast. If you want to provide trivia questions for future episodes, make sure to check that out. Uh, there's also a bunch of cool content, like an entire pre-show where we talked about One Piece and Final Fantasy 14. Uh, that's exclusive to there. Uh, plus early access and all this other stuff. But trivia question. I'm going to ask a trivia question. You all have to comment it below your answer, what you think the answer is. Then uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you both. And uh, if Josh gets it right, uh, he wins all of the victory points. If you get it right, I will like your comment below. If you get it wrong, though, all of you are going to have to like and subscribe. That's just the rules you're making. <laughs> uh, that's the bet. And you've already signed up for it. By hearing me say these words, you're stuck here. Uh, and if you're on binding. an audio only app, you got to hit you got to hit hit a review you got to go in that you have to go into the dark cave that is the itunes api and <laughs> review uh this podcast um all right here is the question uh, and this was provided by james vaca vaca hopefully i pronounced the last name correctly uh how many sets in modern have multiple cards banned from the same set <laughs> no idea so, i'll give you a freebie uh cons of Takir, both dig through time and treasure cruise are banned so there's at least one <laughs> i feel like the best way to think about this is think about what mechanics were ban worthy so <laughs> you know like con so for cons it was delve uh there was companions right and then uh there was Eld wait actually Eldrain. If I ha was to have so it's how many, right? That's the question. Yeah. And I'll 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 um like within within two. Like I will uh, we'll we not prices right rules because like if you say one that's winning here because you're not competing against anyone. <laughs> can I can I um, look up what modern legal sets are? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, mirror or eighth edition onward, but mirrored in onward. Oh my goodness. Uh I don't think there's that many. So I would hazard my guess would be four. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Is that <laughs> the final answer? 
I, I mean, by your by your reaction, I think I, I understand that I'm wrong. But yes, that is my final answer. <laughs> all right, all right. Everyone, everyone uh, listening, I hope you've Probably typed in that. your answer uh, to, to lock it in. And the answer is nine. Oh, that was more than I thought. <laughs> uh, it ends up that like when a set's broken, it's generally <laughs> it's contributed a lot of brokenness. So the sets are Betrayers of Kamigawa with two, Blazing Shoal and Umazawa's Jite, Champions of Kamigawa with two, Glimpse of Nature and Sensei's Divining Top, Dark Seal with two, Mycosynth Lattice and Skull Clamp, uh, Cons of Tarkir, Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise, Mirrodin with nine, uh, though it kind of cheats. It has the, the Artifact Lands, artifact lands yeah. Cloud Post, um, Second Sunrise, Seething Song, and uh, and and then the Artifact Lands. New Phyrexia with three, Birthing Pod, Gitaxian Pro, Mental Misstep, another just singly mana, mechanic. Yeah. Uh, Throne of Del Drain with Mystic Sanctuary, Oko, Thief of Crowns, and Once Upon a Time. Time Spiral with Dread Return and Hypergenesis, Genesis, and then Modern Horizons 1 with Hogak and Astrolabe. Ah, see, it's funny when you like lay it out like that, you can see what the broken mechanics were, and then you could see what the broken sets were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? like some of them are like, Mirrodin was like, artifacts are free. Also, this set's just like weirdly broken. Throne of Eldraine, oh, just, just, just broken. Uh, <laughs> But like, yeah, yeah, no. Well, that's that. Thank you. So so if you got that right, if you hit nine, if you hit seven, eight, nine, ten or eleven within two, you got it for free. You don't have to like and subscribe. We'll be sad if you don't, but you don't have to. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The other thing is, and I believe this episode is releasing as the last day. Uh, We are currently in the midst of kickstarting drop dot d 20s uh they're these spiky fun dice uh you can see them i'm holding one now on camera they're about uh 5.5 inches so the size of my hair um they bounce they feel really great we already hit our funding goal we're 20k in at this point i think we're at 20k 400 or something along those lines um and if it's the last day this is the big push this is when we're trying to get any of those stretch goals trying to hit 40k to hit the the D, all the different D dice but just all the different colors so if you haven't checked it out now is the time and would super appreciate you donating and if you uh, uh have already donated if you upgrade your your amount you can even help us get to that 40k number so uh that link will be below too but if you look up kickstarter.com slash drop.d20s i believe that is the website as well but click the link just because i shouldn't be trusted to tell urls to anyone <laughs> <laughs> why link trees exist uh <laughs> um all right those are those are our main our main and then last but not least we are on channelfireball.com. uh if you are looking to buy cards uh, and you want to use the code the mm cast while you're there super appreciated uh they throw us love when we throw them love and if uh you're buying magic cards they're, they're a great place to buy them they have a really cool new store um all right rule zero josh what's your rule zero hot take <laughs> uh so I think my rule zero hot take is basically that I think that rule zero serves to be more alienating and exclusionary than it. And in doing so causes a lot of harm for players within the EDH context. That's my hot take. I don't disagree. Elaborate. (laughs) So basically, uh, you know, I think a lot of times people talk about rule rule zero as sort of like, I don't know how to exactly put it, but basically what, what spawned this idea was I was watching, um, I was watching, uh, again, goldfish podcast and they were talking about, um, when you go to a con 
and you you're bringing in a EDH deck and you're about to play with a bunch of random people that you don't know. And the rule zero conversation starts and someone says, I'm playing X deck that you don't personally like. And so through rule zero, rather than uh, just playing out the game because it's similar power level or whatever, you go, I don't want to play this, so I'm going to go somewhere else to play. And so in doing so, I feel like it, it creates just more exclu- like exclusivity around what people want to play against. And then EDH pods at random become this thing of you're trying to sculpt your own personalized EDH game rather than being accepting of more play styles that are not things. So like in, in my, in like my thinking is that the way the rule zero works out makes people more willing to make decks that are like maybe bad or, you know, like improperly made greedier or whatever. And I think it makes EDH less fun to play when people are not allowed to play certain types of things. And that's why I think it's exclusionary. And I think it's worse for magic overall. That's, that's like my hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, it is, it's definitely a hot take, uh, which, which is great. Uh, so I, I don't know if I disagree. I, I think like this is my complaint also when like like the 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 way the ban list in general is is managed or, or also when people get mad when cards are banned being like, oh, well, it's rule zero in a way. I'm like, well, if I were to come to a table with a rule zeros conversation that is specifically about which cards I don't want to play with, I would need an Excel sheet that like is printed on a piece of paper and then it <laughs> would te- it would basically tear apart people's decks ahead of time. And it's one of the times like there's always, you know, every like six months, some local game stores like this is our recommended casual ban list that we've adopted to this store. Like and people get so mad at the store. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's how you do that. You have a posted thing and you say you don't have to follow this, but this is a way you can play here that we've as a community developed and and you can join games and you don't play with these cards. These are the soft banned cards of the store. If you do have them in your deck that's fine. Just let people know and they'll be aware of it. But I, I like codifying. It's one of the reasons. That, and that's what I was going to say earlier. It's like one of the reasons I appreciate EDH, CDH, right? Like they've codified the language around the rule zero conversation beyond just, Hey, I don't want to play against this. It's I am planning on doing this. And if you're not playing at this power level, or if you're not willing to lose to this power level, you're going to have a bad time. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I can see your point on like, Hey, I don't want to play against this. What if that's my only deck, right? Like what if, what if like I, not everyone has, I am, I am benefited by having 36 to 40 (laughs) decks. (laughs) decks. (laughs) Like I, like eight of them are all proxies because I made them for like streaming for, for what, you know, uh, uh, content, (laughs) but you know, I, not everyone has 40 decks then. And I can't even bring, and I'm not bringing all 40 decks to a Grand Prix at this point. I don't think I'm bringing a, a CDH deck to a convention again after the maid staff in my hotel at Gen Con took my CDH deck out of my hotel room. Oh, no. <laughs> not, I got it back. Oh, God. Thank <laughs> God. Thank like God. Last night, after like on Saturday night, we were out all night. On Sunday, we had like packed up our booth, but we were so exhausted that who knows what we left there. I get to my hotel room at one in the morning and this Kess CDH deck that is definitely worth a nice down payment on some, uh, <laughs> gone. Just like not in my hotel room. And I like go downstairs, but it's like the 2 a.m. front desk person who like wasn't there during the day and doesn't know how to get into like the maids things. And they're like, oh, according to this, you didn't 
get maid service today. So no one cleaned your room. So I just like, oh, I'm 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 SOL. This thing's gone forever. I just <laughs> I'm never yeah. so dumb um, for bringing this in the first place. It ends up that they accidentally checked me out. Oh, the, like they thought I they thought I was like either the room next door or whatever. So they cleaned half my room checking me out. So the maid service didn't come in to clean the room. The checkout service did it for another right. room thinking I was them. And so it was in downstairs. So I got it back. Thank God. But oh my but, God, I can't even imagine. Right, that was a ma- massive tangent we didn't have to go through. But to that point, like I don't want to bring that deck with me to, to a command fest. So if I'm going to a pod and they're like, oh yeah, sorry, I don't want to play against graveyard decks or counter magic is something I don't want to play against. I'm just, I have to find a new pod and that is pretty exclusionary. Yeah. And I think, so I think you kind of brought it up too, is just that rule zero kind of becomes this like bulletproof thing that everyone defends their decisions with. It's just like, you can always just say rule zero and then and any argument's gone because that's just how we've like talked about commander discourse. It's just, just, yeah, just rule zero it out. And I, I think it's not great. And, and then the other, like, I think rule zero yeah, I just, it, there's just so many problems with it. And it's not specifically Rule Zero's fault necessarily, uh, but I think Rule Zero extenuates some of these problems too. Uh, like, I think, like, players using Rule Zero to decide, like, what our decided power level is, it doesn't solve that issue, right? Like, I think, you know, there's there's that meme that goes around the commander community where, like, everyone's deck is a seven. Like, yeah. start, like starting there, like, I think understanding what power level actually is like on 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 my decks that i make instead of using a one to ten scale which i think is like kind of useless because no one makes really decks that are ones like one doesn't really exist on that scale i mean heck i think like on most people's scale even a pre-con would probably land in like a four to five zone on a, on a ten like i just i just don't think that scale really works and uh i think rule zero if it does exist it should literally just be about power level and that's it like if you're if you're a CDH deck, you play with the CDH guys, and you know when you're playing CDH, you're probably not going around asking people, "Hey, are you playing stacks? I don't want to play against you." <laughs> are you, playing right, stacks? Right. you know, you just you just accept that it's part of the game. And I think EDH players, it would stand to benefit everybody if people just played cards and didn't think about that. I think like the the idea of like feeling bad that someone like countered your thing, and and then thus banning it through Rule Zero is like not a great way to even like think about magic and also just goes to exclude what other people find fun in magic. Cause like everyone's going to find something different. That's fun to them. And if someone who is casual likes counter spells, they should be allowed to play their counter spell deck. I think that's like totally fair. And if, if that's fun for them, th- that should be that, you know, that should be allowed. Right. And I think that's where like, I get, I get kind of miffed around rule zero like i i just think people should be allowed to play their decks and as long as it's in a reasonable power level you know like if someone's if you're in a pod of three people playing pre-cons and you bring your deck that is like a pretty tuned deck like okay yeah i also imagine that maybe being like a little off but you could also say like if you guys are playing pre-cons maybe we play this arch enemy style where you guys you know like right and that's the only rule zero discussion that should exist versus like what cards are you playing or whatever like the the in regards to the power level i think like power level is also its own own conversation i've had like two versions of success one i think to your point like i think part of the problem is that in most places that you play magic the letter grading system of your life has taught you that anything below a 60 is a failure yeah (laughs) 
And really anything below a 70 is not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so when you're like asking someone to grade their deck, if they're like, oh, no one's going to give their deck a three because that unless they like are exclusively trying to be hipster about it, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I've made a deck that's bad on purpose. If at worst they're gonna be like, oh, I made a deck that has like every card in it has like artwork with books in it. And they're not, there's no synergy there. Just that's the rule. That's like the closest to a three that I've found where it was like actually intentionally a three. And otherwise it's like, no, mine's a seven, which is not, which is the, what a seven actually is, is I think my deck is decent, but I don't, I know it's not CDH. I don't want to tell you it's a nine because you won't play with me. Uh, and, <laughs> and I think it's better than a six and a five because no one thinks their decks are a six and a five. Cause that means you you built a bad deck. You're being mean to yourself. So yeah. you're like, I, I I've like leaned the, the few things I've had success with one is the, like the halo or the video game difficulty. I call it the halo one, but it's really the video game difficulty level, which is like, I'm looking for easy mode, normal mode, hard mode, or legendary, which is CDH, right? It's like, yeah, yeah what, what is that level of experience? It's a lot less granular the difference between a seven and a six is nothing. <laughs> yeah. But the difference between like, I want to be playing against good decks that will be hard to beat, or I want to play like normal level commander or pre-con level commander. Like that's a pretty easy to draw where you would fit in that, in that space. And then the other one is just time. Like, hi, I would like to pay a game that is less than an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. or like i would like to play a 30 minute game or i would like to play i'm fine i have nothing to do let's just chill i could be here for four hours like that that's that i think answers your stacks problem or the like to the players like i hate playing against combo then i'll be like okay i won't play my deck that can win in 30 minutes i'll play my deck that needs the full hour of commander night that will be needed to be able to let you get your full experience out of it that doesn't involve me like thosis oracling on turn three because i got the right two cards I think as like a blind limit says, I love the idea of like a one through five power level system versus like a one through 10. It just it like you just get rid of the dead numbers that no one chooses. Five is automatically, you know, CDH or whatever. Uh, I I, so like personally, the way I think about it, like two is like a precon. One is like decidedly just jank and just like, you know, you're just trying for it to be bad. And then like my guess there is that most people's deck would land on a three. And then uh, some of the people who are running like a lot of fast mana or things that are like comp- like almost competitive, like fine, you're, you're a four. But like it makes way more sense to do that. And I think rule zero should just be that you come to a table, you go, my deck is a, I would say a four, you know, and then even, like even like ranking is hard because like I would bet no one can rank their deck that's not a CDH player. And, and when I say that, I mean, like, when was the last time you played a game of commander where you immediately didn't like change some cards? Like, yeah. like the amount of time, <laughs> not to mention like the amount of like times I play commander, I've never played the deck. Like, oh yeah, this is brand new. Yeah. How do like most of the time I just rate that as a seven. <laughs> yeah. Or a four. <laughs> right. And, like, and so, yeah, it's hard. I mean, to me, the point of rule zero almost has always been like trial stuff where it's like, it's always additive. It's like, hi, I have this deck. It has war Tomio, who's not supposed to legally be your commander as a possible commander. Can I play with this as the commander versus Tatiova, which is going to be way <laughs> more boring for everyone versus this cool self mill card. And like most of the time they're like, 
sure. Or they're like hardcore. Absolutely not. Planeswalkers aren't allowed to be commanders. Get out of here with your not real magic cards. And I'm like, this is going to be an unfun <laughs> game, but I'm already here. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, like, or like, hi, I'm trying to see if like Golos is a, like I have Golos in my 99 or I'm playing with booster tutor in my 99 or some, you know, some silver border com- commander like that all to me, that to me, with a power level conversation is the point of real zero. Anytime you get restrictive, it becomes outside of maybe conversations of, Hey, I uh, am at a command fest and I'm a magic personality. And so I don't want to be locked at the same table for five hours. So if you're going to play a deck, don't play your stacks. I'm going to lock the board down, but I can't win experience because I'll have to quit at some point if that's yeah. the in and i don't want to do that too like that those are like the conversations i think are valuable there versus i agree like hi i hate counter magic and stacks and anything that has graveyard hate you can't play it either and if you interact with me i'm gonna be salty it's like oh i guess you did okay. tell me i don't want to play against you so I'll go to another table. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I, I i just think that that kind of conversation is just so like, I think it's to me it just feels kind of like sad you know like i feel like a lot of the best experiences like playing against a deck that you had no idea what it could do and then like discovering what your deck does like i think that sort of level of interactivity is like what makes magic exciting overall and like i think that along is more the spirit of edh than this idea of like exclusion and i think that's kind of the other thing that gets tied with rule zero is like what really is the spirit of edh and i think like that is a conversation that i think like maybe needs to be like defined a little bit more too. Cause like, I think kind of like rule zero, a lot of people just kind of throw the spirit like, Oh, it doesn't follow the spirit of the format or whatever as like a defense to like what they're, what they don't enjoy doing. And I think that's one of those things where like you can argue about endlessly, but then it always just kind of goes back to this. Like, what is the spirit of EDH? Like is interacting going against the spirit of EDH? Is it like, like, do you have to build a Rube Goldberg machine to make an EDH deck? Is that the only way that it just, like follows the spirit of the format? Like, I think like, I guess, I guess to kind of like talk, uh, like sum up the Rule Zero stuff. I just think that really what it comes down to is that it really should only be about power level, but it's a tricky thing because Magic players are famously pretty bad at at evaluating their power level, anyways. But I think the use of rule zero to exclude people from playing in, in like certain pods and stuff. Like, I think that's like, I think it's a shame. I think. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think I'm all almost even like you've convinced me to be more radical in the sense that like, I don't think power level is real. <laughs> I think there's like, I think there's CDH, right? I think there is like, and the point of CDH is not just like, hi, I'm playing with a powerful deck. You have to deal. It's like, I'm playing with a powerful deck and I kind of don't want to play against you unless you are also playing with, a CDH deck as well, because that's not the point of what I'm doing here. And I do yeah. think that's like a conversation happening around CDH as well, right? There's like definitely a a, a debate on like, should someone coming to CDH who has brewed a deck without any experience in the format be allowed at that table, right? And 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 I'm definitely more on the leaning side. Yes, they just are going to lose, and people need to be okay with that. But there's definitely a part of the CDH community that's like, no, like you need to net deck first come to the table and learn how this format works and then start brewing. Otherwise you're wasting everyone's time here. And it's kind of like that. I, I disagree with that attitude. I think that attitude yeah. like 
is very specific for like the eight people that are managing the CDH database, which I'm like friends with them. Like, but like it, not everyone is needing to like prove what CDH is. They're, most yeah. of the time, they're just trying to have fun. And the more point is, people just need to be more fine with losing. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> like, you, that's really what it is. Like, oh, I went to a table and my deck was worse than other ones. Is it because my deck is bad? And like, and maybe being better at analyzing like mismatched in power level, right? Like sometimes it's like, oh, my deck is trying to do a thing. These decks are just more powerful of mine. W- was it cool seeing those decks do cool, powerful things? It should be like it should like you should have fun watching other people have fun, I guess. And and just be fine losing sometimes. And then sometimes you'll win. And sometimes in those situations, I've played against people where like we played a, uh, a game with Olivia Light and Kibler at like a bar somewhere recently and like light played a full-on cdh niv mizzet deck and ran out of steam yeah (laughs) (laughs) like played a bunch of mana rocks like played one spell that could have won in the game i force willed it and he was like i'm not doing anything and then me and kibler battled it out later where he like kibler had 30 dragons in play and like tried counting casting some big spell and i was like no i like will go infinite with this four card combo and cast <laughs> and like the CDH deck loss. So like sometimes yeah. just stuff doesn't match correctly and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. If anything, you know, I'm on board with this radicalized idea. You know what? Power level also doesn't matter. You know, like actually when I think about it, some of these CDH decks, because that they're designed around certain metas, they don't even line up that well against like regular EDH decks, you know, like, Great, you have mental misstep in your hand. Congratulations, my deck is mostly two CMC. And right, up, right, right. <laughs> nice, nice red elemental blast against my Boros <laughs> equipment <laughs> deck. <laughs> you know, like it's it's funny because like I think as CDH also like builds their own meta, it also becomes mismatched with uh, you know other EDH decks. And so like yeah, you know what? I'm in the end. You know what, Cass? You're right. I sh- I should have went as hot as possible. I just just play edh you know like don't care use rule zero to break the rules all right be like i'm sword of feast and famine is my commander and uh you're gonna have to deal (laughs) with that yeah (laughs) (laughs) like that's it that's it that's that's the only rule zero talk that i think even should exist like yeah i want to play with booster tutor in my deck because it's a sweet card and i want to open some packs while playing edh i don't like i don't that's it and i got one of their like only if you worked at Wizards cards. And so now any card could be my commander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, man, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with this. I'm, you know, I've changed my mind. I, I wanted to be like, yeah, I want to be the reasonable person and say like, oh, like you should try to match power levels. But you know, who knows who, and no one knows what a power level is anyways. So yeah, like obviously like it, don't go to your local game store and pub stop a bunch of seven, you know, 16 year olds who are like playing out of a shoebox. But like, like <laughs> there's like a version of the conversation where you're getting so granular that the difference between a seven, eight and six is like not real that like, as long as you're like, Oh, do you, do, are, are, are you trying to play commander? Yes. Are you looking to have fun? Yes. Are you okay? Losing great. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And then like, like the the like honestly, I think one of the places that rule zero matters the most is honestly just mostly in like content creation. Like, are you on a stream? Don't play discard where like we're not gonna be here for six hours because every game action has to be discussed and I need to know every card in every graveyard, but then no one's gonna do anything and I'm gonna lose subscribers because they're gonna be support. <laughs> <laughs> 
other than that, <laughs> just lose honestly. And yeah, we're all fine. All right. Radical, radical hot take. Rule zero. We're done with you. <laughs> sorry, everyone that runs commander. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, all right. We are now an hour and 26 minutes. And this has been a great episode. Uh, Josh, once again, where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me streaming on twitch.tv slash Zell. You can find me tweeting about all absolute nonsense at Zell tweets on Twitter. Uh, and I occasionally post on uh, Zell Grams, my Instagram. So, uh, yeah, come check me out there. I talk about a bunch of random stuff. I'm just into a bunch of niche niche hobbies. So if you're into, well, I guess anime is not that niche anymore, but like fighting games, you're not magic. You're cool kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm suddenly like in the know. This is weird. Um, K-pop, you know, uh, I've, I'm just into a lot of things. I, I've been recently getting into Rubik's Cube, so... If any of that stuff interests you, like come uh, come check out my stream and stuff, and talk to me about the weird that you're into. Oh, weird stuff that you're into. Sorry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> We're just gonna have to cut out your whole shout out where people can find you now. Right at the end. Uh, I think we can beep. Let's, do, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna request a beep. <laughs> no editing. Um, uh, beyond that, I, I'm Alex Kessler, host of this podcast. If this is your first time here. Please hit that like and subscribe button. We do magic and modern content here every every week. Uh, also, if you can hit me up on TikTok, that's where I spend a lot of the content creation time now. Uh, at Kess Wiley. That's also Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else. The same thing. If you follow me on Instagram, it's now mostly pictures of my newborn child. So uh, if you like baby photos, <laughs> that's the place to hit me up. <laughs> uh, otherwise, uh, definitely, if you like anime content or magic content or any of the reviews from um, from the new set that's coming out right now. All that's out on on my TikTok as well. And uh, once again, most importantly, um, check out the Drop D twenty Kickstarter. We're like about to fu- we're about to cross that finish line. You can be a part of it, and uh, it's something that we know we can make. We the reason we did this versus another game out the gate after Battle Bosses. It's like I can turn around these really quickly, um, and so we're excited and hyped. So once again, Josh, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it was a blast, and we'll any, anytime you want to come back on, feel free. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.